Hello and welcome to episode 39 of Journey to Organization. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization, and I'm, as always, excited to talk to everyone. I'm recording this recording. Um, it's the last night of Hanukkah. I'm sitting here with the very last menorah burning out, and uh, it's a little bit sad because I really love Hanukkah and I really love sitting with the lights, like I told you. Um, I haven't had a lot of voicemails in the last few weeks, um, but what I I want I did get a few voicemails saying that everybody missed me last week, and I actually made a recording last week, and I decided not to put it on because I just wasn't happy with it, and then I didn't have time to record another recording, and I've never done that before, and I felt really bad for leaving everybody, <laughs> but it just wasn't Hashem's uh, will for the week. I just didn't have the right words for you last week. Um, so I want to, before I get to some of the um, the voicemails that I did get, I want to share with you a phone call I got today from my client who lives in Muncie and who I love. Um, I'm sure she's listening. <laughs> and um, she's been my client for a while. And when we worked together a few years ago, she really uh, did great. And she called me today and she was, she was just having trouble. She was feeling overwhelmed. And she was telling me that she just doesn't seem to have enough time and enough hours in the day and um, she's not a young woman she's a grandmother and although I guess we're all just as young as we uh, feel so maybe she is young she's young okay I apologize she's young and uh, but she's definitely a grandmother I think she's even a great-grandmother and um, she's I don't know she has 11 children and I just I have no idea how she did it and now she says to me she doesn't have enough time and I was like a little bit flabbergasted by that statement because I was just so shocked like it's shocking and the thing is is I heard this other really great um I don't even know where I heard it. I was listening to a whole bunch of things this week. Um, there's a podcast that I really like called Jewish Latin Princess by Yael Trush. And so maybe that's where I heard it. I'm pretty sure that that's where I heard it. Um, I've actually been featured on that podcast before. So if you do listen to other podcasts, go to Jewish Latin Princess. And I think I'm episode 37. Um, you can hear me there. And Yael's amazing. But I think Yael was interviewing someone and talking about this um, phenomenon where we say... I don't have enough time or there's never enough time but the person said what would happen if you got a flat tire you would make time to deal with it because you have to or else you can't drive your car right and so you have to pave a way for everything to get done um, if you have a flat tire or else you know you won't be able to continue on because you got to take care of the flat tire until it's so that you can do everything else. And I think a big problem with 
the modern woman, if you will, is that we're always busy and we're always doing stuff and we never just take a minute and step back and prioritize us, first of all. And second of all, we're always busy and we never stop to say like, what are we busy with? Is this how I really wanna be spending my time? If it isn't how I wanna be spending my time, then why am I doing this? Because time is finite. We only get a certain amount of time every single day. And for our whole life, I mean, we don't know when the clock is up. We just get X. And the thing is, is if we only have X, why do we want to waste it? (laughs) And why are we doing things we don't like doing or we don't enjoy doing or that aren't 100% necessary? Why aren't we trimming the fat and cutting out the things that aren't 100% necessary? Now, another problem that she was having was that one of her um, grandchildren had been living with her, um, and and that was sort of taking up a lot of her time, and she was spending time with her, and and it was an issue, or not an issue, but just that it just disrupted her daily schedule, and it's challenging for her to get back on track. And not only that, but, you know, some of her children left some of their things in her home because they don't have big enough homes or they can't take it all at once or whatever the reason. And basically, she is letting her house serve as a storage locker, except that she's not charging rent. And the thing is, is it's not okay. Um, When I went to college... (laughs) Uh, my mother about, um, I went to college in August and I came home for the Chagim and Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, whatever. And my mother says to me after the first time I came home from a Chag, get all your stuff out of your room. (laughs) It's done. We're done. I don't want you to leave anything here anymore. You know, I'm claiming, reclaiming my house and my parents have thank God, a nice size house. And they had the room for me to leave my stuff there. And, but no, my mom's like, nope, get it out. I mean, they stored a few things for me until I got married. And then after that, my mom was like, no, no, we're not storing anything for you anymore. You take it or I'm throwing it away. And the thing is, is when parents do that to their children, it really forces them, the children, to evaluate what is important in their lives. What is it? a necessity for me to have with me at all times. Now, I'm not saying that at one time in my life I wasn't a little bit of a pack rat, but what I see from being sort of on both sides of the coin, both from like my client's perspective and from my perspective as a child who left stuff at home, um, is that They're taking up space in our life. In this case, it's a physical space. And I remember something that I learned when I was taking Chaya Hindus class. And um, that was that, you know, you can't let people take up space in your brain. It's like you're letting them live there rent free. And it's the same thing with other people's stuff. When you agree to hold other people's stuff and it, and it, deters you from getting your things done, then 
it's not helpful and you need to get it out of your stuff. I mean, this lady said to me, I am drowning in my papers. And I said to her, can you put a little desk in this room? And no, I can't because this child has their stuff there and this grandchild has their stuff there. And it's like she has a three bedroom home and she doesn't have any place for her. And it just not, it's not okay. We can't, I mean, listen, for those of us with little kids, um, I get it. We can't always claim the space in our house as our own because our kids are little and they come with paraphernalia and we need, they need their stuff. And I get it. But certainly when our kids are bigger, we have to have the courage to say to them, get your stuff out of my house. Um, especially if, and this is the big qualifier here, especially if it's deterring us from getting to our goals. We cannot conquer our clutter if other people's clutter is holding us back. Now, every week um, I started doing um, a Facebook Live on my business page, Balagan Be Gone, and I answer people's questions there. And this week somebody asked me, um, she, her question was, what do you do if your partner or other people who live in her house, she didn't specify if it was a child or her husband, so I don't, I don't really know, but uh, what do you do if your partner or your child or other people that you live with is not, um, are not on board with your decluttering? And that's a really great question. What do you do? Well, the only thing that you can do is get yourself decluttered. And then everybody else who lives in your house will follow suit. Now, the problem with that statement in relative, you know, connection to my client is that the problem isn't, in this case, with people who actually live in this client's house. The problem is that her children have left things in her house and are looking at her as a storage unit. I think what she needs to say, and when I spoke to her today, I didn't have a lot of time to, to speak to her about it, but if you're listening, um, I hope that um, this rings loud and clear and I'll be able to tell you about it later. But uh, when you say to your kids, listen, all of your stuff is taking up space in my house and it's deterring me from reaching my goals, Decide if it's important to you or not and come and get it. Because if it's not important to you, then I have to get rid of it. Because the thing is, is why do kids store things at their parents' house? Okay, why? I sometimes go to clients and they're like, yeah, my parents are storing my Shabbos china. And when I get it, when I have a house, then I'll get it out. And I'm like... So all this time, you're not having the china, something that you really want because you just aren't willing to get rid of all the other garbage in your house to make room for something you actually want. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. Why do we hold on and give valuable real estate to things um, in our home that we don't really want? It really is hard to be courageous and say, I don't want you anymore. Get out of my life and discard the things that we don't need. But I had sort of a breakthrough this week. Um, like I told you last time, I am starting a, a course 
It's called Conquer Your Clutter. And it's going to be a 10-week class. And if you want to register for it, you can read all about it at RebeccaSaltzman.com. Of course, you all know how to spell my name, but I'll spell it anyways. R-E-B-E-K-A-H-S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N.com. Um, and what's unique about this group is that um, it's a challenge group. So every week you get a challenge, and for every challenge you complete, you have two weeks to complete the challenge, you get $30 back. And so if you do all the challenges, you get $300 back. And the reason that I designed it this way is because so many people don't complete courses that they take, and I really want the completion rate to be high, and I really want people to conquer their clutter in the class. And what I, the reason why I'm talking about it is because while I was trying to come up with words to explain it to other people, why decluttering is so important, is because I was trying to come up with the words for why decluttering is so important and how we can um, get there. And I had this sort of thought process in why I was explaining why it's so important to have less stuff. And... What I came up with is this, and I've talked about this before, but I don't think I've ever been so concise with my words. I actually think that at Rosh Hashanah, Hashem decides what our, um, our total assets would be. So total assets means the value of everything that we own minus any debt that we have. So let's just say for argument's sake, that the total value of the things that we have is $500,000. That includes the salary that we make, that includes the car we own, the house we own, all the stuff inside the house. Maybe it includes some debt that we have, like a mortgage or something like that. But let's say the total amount of assets is $500,000, okay? What if there's something that we want to do that we don't have the money for and we want to get the money for, or let's say there's something that we want and we have the money for it, but we don't necessarily have the space for it. Like, let's say we want to build a pool, but our backyard is not big enough, so we would need to get a new house, right? But the thing is, is that right now we have our total allotment for what we're supposed to have. And so the only way to make room for what we need is to get rid of something, right? To decrease your assets. So if you wanna decrease your assets, maybe if you have $500,000 worth of assets, so I don't know, you sell your house and that's worth $300,000. So now you only have $200,000 worth of assets. Okay, so you freed up some space. In this case, it's monetary space um, and physical space, I guess, by selling your house. but. So you freed up the space and now you have it and Hashem can bring you the rest of your allotment. The only problem with this theory is that we don't actually know how much Hashem has allotted for us. So it's very nice for me to sit here and say like our assets are worth $500,000, but maybe we're supposed to lose out on something. Maybe Chas Shalom will have a fire or I don't know, whatever it is. We don't actually know what our assets are supposed to be. And because we don't know, um, and this is something that I you know, learned from Chai Hinda, is that we are able to ask Hashem for free gifts. 
But how can we accept those free gifts if we don't actually have the space to get the gifts? So we don't know what our assets are, and we're allowed to ask for Hashem to give us free gifts. But in order to accept any kind of gift, we have to have the space for it. And so clearing out the space in our homes, in our lives, in our with our assets, allows us to be able to go to Hashem and say, look, I don't know what you've allotted me this year, and I'm not going to pretend to know, but I would really like to go on vacation or have a bigger house. And I have cleared out space in my life to accept these free gifts from you. But if we don't clear out and make space, how can we go to Hashem and say, please give me more? Like, there's no room for him to give us more. <laughs> so... I guess the point is, is obviously Hashem can do anything. If he wants to give us more, he can give us more. But the point is, is it's a lot better to go doing your hishtadlut and say, look, I have space. Please give me what I'm asking for. And so to bring it back full circle to my clients, what I want to say to you is I know that the papers are getting you down and I know that you want them out of your bedroom. And I know that there's other parts of your house that you need to reclaim. So please reclaim those parts of your house and tell your children that they are taking up your assets with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and you cannot accept free gifts from HaKadosh Baruch Hu anymore. And in order for you to do that and have a little desk and a little tiny office space so you can organize your papers and get your writing done, you need a little more space in the extra bedrooms that are in your house. Please take your stuff out. So I hope this was helpful um, to my client, who I'm not going to say her name. And I hope this was helpful for everybody else because it really bothers me that we let people take up space in our house. Now, I'll tell you that um, I have a boydom in my house. Um, that's like a little, it's like a loft area. It's really hard to get into. It's a storage loft area, basically. And I have it in, in my guest room. And I store like a few suitcases in it. But honestly, I don't have a lot of stuff. So it's empty. And we have a friend who is a Chayal Boded, a lone soldier. And um, he is currently not homeless exactly, but you know, doesn't have an apartment. And he asked us to store off-season clothes for him, and every couple of weeks he comes and he swaps out clothes. And it doesn't bother me that he does that because that space is not important to me. It's not actually taking up any space that I need. It's not in my way. It's not detracting me from doing what I need to do. And so... If something isn't holding you back, then fine. Allow it to be in your life. But really examine how you will feel if it actually isn't in your life. And I thought about it, and the virtue of the chesed for me outweighs the need to have the space because the space was empty. It was unused. It can't really be used. No one can like live up there in the loft. And, excuse me, and like, it's okay for me to do that. If you're giving somebody space in your home and it's not affecting you, then that's okay. But if it really is affecting you and holding you back, it is not okay. You can't let have people 
that was not a sentence. <laughs> you can't let people have things from you for nothing if it's taking something from you. It can't live rent-free if it's hurting you. So either make the space work for you or take something from them so that it's working. And it doesn't have to be money. But let's say you need help from somebody. Let's say you have a problem that needs to get solved and you're getting stuck on the problem. Then please, by all means, go to that person who's taking up space in your house and say, listen, you're taking up space in my house. It's holding me back. And I need you to please help me with this problem because I can't see any way out of this problem. And the thing is, is that's the other thing I really want to say today is that a lot of times we don't ask for help. We can ask for help. Of course, you can call me and ask me for help. Um, but we have friends. We have sisters. We have brothers. We have children. We have grandchildren. Well, I don't, but some of you might. <laughs> uh, we have aunts. We have uncles. We have people who love us and will help us if we ask for their help. So please, if you are feeling stuck, if there is something, a task that is overwhelming you, ask for help. I have told you this before. Every week, twice a week, I work out with a trainer. Her name is Grace. Grace, I love Grace. Grace is such a sweetheart and Grace makes sure, makes sure I show up every week and I pay her money for her to stand there and watch me exercise. And the thing is, is in theory, that sounds crazy. And people say that about my job. You show up and you help people throw out their garbage. Yes, it's true. In theory, that's what I do. But the fact of the matter is, is that we cannot do everything by ourselves. I need help with exercising. You might need help with organizing. It doesn't matter what you need help with. If you need help, get the help you need because you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't ask for help. Now, you don't have to pay somebody for help, but I will tell you this. When you pay and you have money, money changing hands, it puts skin in the game. It gives you a real um, push because you want to make that money work for you and you don't want to waste it because money is a real motivator. So maybe if you ask a friend or a family member for help, put something on the line so you have skin in the game so you don't cancel. So for example, let's say you ask a friend to help you um, organize. If you ask her to help you organize and she says yes, then you can say, listen, I'm going to give you X, Y, Z. I know it's not the going rate for an organizer, but I really appreciate the help and I want to do something nice for you. And if she says no, then that's okay. Afterwards, you figure out how much money you would have spent on her and you go out and you buy her a gift certificate to a restaurant or a food store or wherever, something that's valuable to her so that you put skin in the game and you put that money aside and you do something. And if she says still says no, she doesn't accept it, then you give that money to Tzedakah. Whatever it is, put money on the table and put it in the game. I'm not saying go out and hire a professional. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is when you put money on the line, it makes you work a lot harder. And it's a lot more of a motivator. And you want to know something? You could do it as a challenge with your friends. Say, here's $300. If I do this with you and I don't cancel, then 
I get the money back. And if I cancel, then you keep the money. It's very simple. Just make a challenge with her. And I think that that will be a really, really big motivator for you. Okay. I want to just do a little bit of quick um, housekeeping here <laughs> and just talk about um, a few of the a few of the voicemails that I got. Um, I want to also just tell you that a few weeks ago on Facebook, I did a chat with Debbie Sasson, who's um, a financial consultant, and it was a really, really good interview. And so if you have the capability to go and look, it was it's really worthwhile to um, look. I'm trying to figure out how to download it. I'm having a little bit of technical difficulty, but when I do, I will post it on my website. Um, okay, so a lady called me and said that for those of you living in Israel, I think it was for those of us living in Israel, um, there's a great website for English books called thriftbooks.com. Um, she also said it's, she said it's cheaper for used books. She also said she gets rid of books, but she doesn't own a lot and that she really liked the interviews. So I will try to do more interviews. Interviews are a little bit challenging for me because it usually has to meet somebody to do them. But um, I will try to do in the future more interviews. Um, okay. Fe no. Razy called me and says she wants to talk about laundry. She said she has a large family and she divides up the laundry into piles for kids. Big kids do their own. And sometimes the big kids also sort the little kids and help the little kids fold. Um and she often has to repeat her, herself to, you know, get the laundry put away. Um, but that, you know, that's the way it is. We have to repeat ourselves to our kids. Um, she said she also started using vinegar in the washer and she really sees a big difference, especially with tights, that they're really much less staticky. Okay, another lady called me and said that um, about multitasking. She finds herself productive when she multitasks, like when she listens to a book and talks on the phone at the same time that she can still do both. Well, I say kola to you because I cannot do that. There are some tasks I can do too at the same time. Like for example, I can fold laundry and listen to a podcast, but, or I can drive and listen to a podcast, but I actually find it really, really challenging to <laughs> yesterday. I was with a client and I was folding a towel <laughs> and I was trying to talk to her and like a coherent sentence. And I said to her, I'm like, forget it. I just can't. Let me fold the towel and then I'll talk to you because I can't multitask. And sometimes I just really find it difficult to do two tasks at once. Now, maybe reading a book and talking on the phone are easy for you, but I think you, and maybe you could write a whole book report on the book and write a huge summary of the phone call. But I really think that for most people, the majority of people, um, when we do better at a task, when we're doing that task, solely by itself and not worrying about a lot of other things all at once. So I still stand by my statement that we should try not to multitask and focus just on one task at a time. Um, a lady called me and asked me, um, oh, about spending freezes. Have I heard of them? Do you do them for a week, for a month? So a spending freeze is just a no shopping challenge. Um, you challenge yourself for a certain period of time to only buy, let's say, f only food basically or consumable item like soap um, that you would need over the course of a week isn't really very much time, but a month and you don't buy anything else 
um, for that month and you see how you feel and what you missed out on. And the truth is, is I think doing a spending freeze or a no shopping challenge is a really great idea. I don't actually shop so much. So I'll tell you a funny story. My parents are coming, God willing, in two days, and I'm very, very excited to see them. It's their first time here in Israel since we made Aliyah, and um, they're flying business class this time. And when you fly business class, you can take two bags per person at 70 pounds each. So each one of my parents can take 140 pounds of stuff and that's four suitcases plus they can each take a carry-on okay so my mother packed i ordered a bunch of stuff that i had um forgotten to buy while i was in america just um my boys are a little bit husky so the pants in israel don't really fit them i ordered some pants for them my daughter wanted a few pairs of socks she couldn't find socks that she liked here just some basic things. I ordered some shoes for myself, some new sneakers, because sneakers here are very expensive. And anyways, I have humongous feet and they don't have my size here. Um, just a few like odds and ends items, things that are really hard for me to get here. And my mom packed it up in one suitcase and she called me up and she said, listen, it only took up one suitcase. Don't you want me to bring anything else? And I said to her, Emo, I don't, I don't need anything else. I sent you like the things that I need. And there are things that I like that I can't buy here. Like, for example, if anybody ever comes to Art Israel and wants to bring me a present, pre please bring children's chewable um, ibuprofen. <laughs> That's like my big ticket item. Anybody who comes through my door, if you don't show up with that, I'm like disappointed in you. <laughs> that's like one thing you cannot buy here. And my husband always wants a bottle of bourbon because that's also a, a very difficult thing to find in Israel. You can find it, but it's very, very expensive. And so people usually bring it for us. So my mom said, I brought you Tylenol or Advil and I brought you, I brought your husband a bottle of bourbon and I, I bought him three bottles of bourbon and I bought you six things of Tylenol. And do you want me to get you anything else? And I'm like, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't need anything else. And I, and I felt like satisfied with, with what she was bringing me. And she's so disappointed that she gets four suitcases to bring to check and that she's not bringing all four of them. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry to disappoint you. Like, I don't want to spend more money. It's not even about the money. It's just that I don't actually need the stuff and like I bought what I needed or what the kids needed and that was it and like I knew what I needed um I thought that last time when I was in America I had bought the kids pants the boys pants and <laughs> I didn't I forgot um anyway I digress the point is is that a shopping freeze is great if you really start to reduce your shopping, you'll really see you need a lot less to be happy. And if you do do a shopping or a spending freeze uh, or an unshopping challenge, um, that's a really good time to take stock of what you have and declutter. I actually read an article this week about somebody who did um, a spending freeze or an unshopping challenge. And she said like, 
she had finished her lip balm in her purse and she was debating lip balm is a consumable item should i go ahead and buy a new one and she said you know what before i do i'm going to just look around my house she opened up a drawer in her bathroom or whatever and she found five lip balms so i think if you do do a spending freeze it's a good idea to look around your house before you get concerned about what you don't what you will need and see what you actually have because i bet that especially if you haven't gone through the decluttering process yet, you will find that you have a lot of stuff that you don't need to buy and you just didn't know was there in the first place. So if you start to make some seder with all of your stuff, then it'll, it'll be a lot easier to do the shopping challenge. You'll feel less overwhelmed because you'll know that you really have everything that you need in order to complete the challenge. Okay, here's my last um voicemail a lady called and said um that she moved and she it was so easy for her to move but that moving was a gift from <laughs> that moving was a gift from hashem and that you can manage your time um better when you have less stuff and so um or maybe she said time is a gift i'm sorry i can't read my notes but a few people have called me and said that they have moved and they've they decluttered before they moved and unpacking was so easy and I want to just say, please take a minute to all of the ladies. I know that there are some of you who have not called me and left me voicemails, and this is not like a shaming thing. It's okay if you didn't call me, but I know that you're out there. I know that you have had success, and what I want you to do is I want you to take a minute and pat yourself on the back and look around your house and say, oh my gosh, I did a good job. I decluttered my house. I'm it's so beautiful. I'm so much happier. Kola kavod to me. And I think that when you can take a minute and step back and congratulate yourself, it's going to be a lot easier for you to keep going and keep maintaining the progress that you've made. So kola kavod to all the ladies who have made progress on decluttering. I really appreciate everybody listening to me today. Um, I'm not sure exactly when this will be posted, but if there's still Hanukkah left where you live, Chag Hanukkah Sameach. I wish everybody else a good week. A Shabbat Shalom. And of course, you could leave me a voicemail. You could send me an email, Rebecca, R-E-B-E-K-A-H, at balaganbegon.com. Or you can sign up for my new class if you want at rebeccasaltzman.com. You could follow me online. I'm happy to chat with anybody who sends me an email or um, direct messages me through other channels. Um, so I love hearing from you. I know it's been a crazy few weeks, so I'll excuse you all, but I do want to start hearing more from you. So please, please leave me a voicemail. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, ladies, again, Chag Chanukah Shavuot Tov, Shabbat Shalom, and please always remember Hashem keeps me organized. Have a fabulous day.